Good morning, everybody. All right. So um, when she was, Sarah was listing one of the books, uh, she said the, one, the title of one of was Hold Your Horses. Was that right? That made me think of when um, my daughter Delaney, who's 19 now, was about two, and she was hanging out with my mom. Grand, we call her Grandmommy, or as my children have now nicknamed her now that they're teenagers, she's G-Money. Um, yeah, because we're so down. And, um, but anyway, my mom said to Delaney, she was kept asking for something and asking for something, and she said, Delaney, hold your horses. And Delaney went, Grandmommy, I don't have any horses. So, ah, memories of innocent childhood. Well, this bag of popcorn is roughly the size of a body pillow. And, um... I brought this because I have a very special story to tell about a friend of mine. You know, one of the things we always try to do here at Moms is to be honest about things that we struggle with. And one of my bestest, best friends, uh, Maritza Paz, where is she? Where is that little nugget of love? she in the back hiding? Is she eating popcorn back there? She came by one day, and she said, I, we were talking, and she said, Okay, I, I have to confess something to you. I'm like, oh, okay. She said, I, I went to Costco today, today, and I bought a bag of popcorn, a bag very similar to this bag. And I ate the entire bag today. She had it in her car. <laughs> I just feel so much better about myself when I tell no, but what was so funny was she was like, I'm serious, I ate the entire bag. I was running around, I was driving, I kept reaching into the bag, I was in and out of my car all day, and she said, and I reached in at one point and there was nothing <laughs> left. And so I have tormented her appropriately since then. Every time I go to Costco, I stand next to a bag and take pictures and send it to her. But... um I thought this was an appropriate illustration as we talk about self-control. Thank you, Maritza, for being willing to uh, share your frailties with someone like me. Um, This is an easy topic for me because I am completely self-controlled, so um, none of this is from personal experience or anything. It's just stuff that I've read that other people have struggled with. And so I hope that, you know, somehow you can take this cause I cannot relate to this situation at all, but it must be hard for you guys. So Sarah, my tree is still up and my tree is still completely decorated. I almost took a picture of my house right now, but I thought, you know, I don't want to get that real cause it's really, really, really bad. It's frightening. So, um, the children, like, we have no place to sit and eat at a table right now. There's, like, I, I'm halfway through decoration taking down, and I was feeling so good, and I was doing stuff, and then I went to, like, this first physical therapy session where their entire goal was to make me suffer. That was self-control, not punching that lady, because her job right now is to work on my abdomen and pelvis, breaking up scar tissue manually. So she took it upon herself to do that for an hour straight. And as tears are rolling down my face, she kept saying she was sorry. And I'm like, you're not sorry. Sorry would be you'd stop doing it. To repent means to turn away from. And this is not repentance because you're still doing it. That's a whole other story. So anyway. But um, so then once I got back from physical therapy, 
the wheels ground to a complete halt. And so it's been a few days of me bonding in new and special ways with my heating pad. And um, everything else is just sitting out. And, you know, if you wait long enough, then you're just ahead for next year. (laughs) So that's what I'm looking at. You know, we're kind of always on the edge of redneck at our house. You know, we're like, if your lights are still up at Valentine's and you put hearts on them, that's okay, right? Stuff like that. So anyway, um, because we're classy at our house. So anyway, we talk about self-control, and boy, this is a tough one because we live in a society that it seems like it's getting harder and harder to demonstrate self-control because we have everything at our fingertips all the time. Every bit of information we want, we can order anything when we want to, we can get on and, you know, not just look at a shirt, we can literally look at 500,000 different types of shirts, and then if we're sitting there and our internet happens to take more than 0.1 milliseconds to come up, we're like, what is, this is taking forever. Um, because we're all five-year-olds inside. So, um, and culturally we create this idea that, that things um, are meant to satisfy us. The culture and the world around us is meant to suit our needs. And then you throw children into the mix of that, and you're trying to satisfy them, and it takes a toll on you, it takes a toll on your marriage, it's not good for your kids. It's... And then if you've got people that like things their own way, and you put them together in a marriage, that's even more exciting because both of you want to control the situation. So there's that type of thing culturally where we talk about being a control freak and we jokingly say things about that, and then we're the ones that kind of go, (laughs) I got up and redid the whole Christmas tree because I didn't like how it looked, right? I can't help myself. I'm a control freak, right? And we think that's kind of funny and cute and then... We're exhausted all the time because we were up at 3.30 rearranging the ornaments, right? Yeah. We can't figure out why we're so tired. It's a vicious cycle. Well, the Bible looks at control in a totally different way. Throughout the Gospels, when we see Christ and his earthly ministry, we see that he constantly is talking to us about relinquishing control. So there's this fine line, I think, while we're here on earth, that we're supposed to demonstrate self-control while we're relinquishing control. And somehow that's that's like my daily struggle, my minute-to-minute struggle. Christ says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. That's in Luke 9, 23 and 24. It's also interesting that in that verse, you notice that Jesus says daily. He says, he reminds us that that is a daily thing that we need to constantly be. Sometimes for me, it's minute to minute that I'm relinquishing control of certain things. So Christ puts a premium on us relinquishing control to him, and yet we also are in this situation where we have to establish some kind of self-control. Self-control in marriage is connected to self-denial. Culturally, we're taught to stand up for ourselves and to demand our own way. Our uh, oldest daughter, Delaney, is um, in her second year of college, and she has been taking classes on women's issues, women's rights, 
different things like that. And it's been actually very good because it's led to a lot of really good conversations between us as mother and daughter. And it's easy to get so caught up in what your rights are that you forget about Jesus and the whole thing. And Jesus talks in his word about, you know, when he created us, he created us in his image, both of us, male and female. But we are different, and we're created for different things. That doesn't mean lesser, but we are created for different things. So I'm going to read you a passage, and we're going to talk a little bit about it. This is in Titus 2, verses 3 through 5. It says, Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. Try reading that in public. (laughs) So not a lot of laughter after that verse, is there? That's some serious stuff. Now, what we didn't do was read the verses before and after where it talked about what God's qualifications and his calling is for men as well because it tells all about what they are supposed to be doing and who they are responsible for and what God calls them to be and do. But in that verse, I remember reading that when I was a lot younger and reading that and to be busy at home. And I remember just, are you kidding? Really? Really? Like ironing shirts and stuff like that? But I think that, like, we, it's easy for me to to be busy everywhere else but home. Am I right on that one? Because let me tell you, when I volunteer somewhere else, everyone's like, oh, you're so wonderful, you're so great. And at home they're like, we're having that again for dinner. You're like, oh, this is so rewarding. I'm going back over there where they like me, and they give me, like, little gift cards and take me to lunch and tell me how awesome I am. But I think it's like God puts that in there to remind us, you know what? It all feels really great out there, all that adulation. And at home, it's not the same. It just isn't. It it just isn't. And like, you know, I put in my thing when I wrote it, I put, we go home and alphabetize the canned goods and no one cares. You know? You alphabetize the canned goods at a food pantry, and I was like, we have never had alphabetized canned goods. This is the best thing I've ever seen. And you're like, I think, you know. And, and like, you fix the linen closet, like you actually fold things in the linen closet, and they're like, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. Like, you just put things back on the shelf. There's shelves there. Anyway, so... Um, this is my struggle, though. I love being with people. I'm being honest and telling you, I love relationships with people. I love doing things. I love being appreciated. That's my love language. And so it is very, very tempting for me to devote myself and my energy outside of the walls of my home instead of making those things a priority. So... I'm going to talk about what it looks like to to incorporate this stuff in your marriage first, okay? So the first one is um, be self-controlled in scheduling your time. 
And some of these verses I didn't put in, but you can jot them down as well. Um, the verse on time is Colossians chapter 4, verse 5, and it says, Walk in wisdom, making the best use of your time. So this is what we were just talking about. It's very easy to fill your days with all kinds of stuff and be so tired or exhausted or get on the Internet and get so into something you look up and literally an hour or two hours have gone by. Or stay up late because nobody's bothering you and nobody needs anything from you and nobody's drooling on you at that time. So you stay up late and then you're tired and you don't want to get up the next day. So there's all these different things. And then, especially this one, let me just throw this in at the end of the day. I remember very well the phase where all day long people have been drooling on you and and touching you and needing you, and you finally get clean and you shower, and then your husband comes to hug you and you're like, no, no. (laughs) You know, when it's like, those things are very challenging. You're just like... Just don't even look at me right now because I can't, I just, I just want to go pee by myself. That's that's how desperate I am. So anyway, so the deal is, and my mom used to tell me this all the time when I was growing up and starting to date more seriously and stuff. She said, you are the head of the house. You are the hub, not head, excuse me. (laughs) You are the hub of the house. You are the hub of the house. You things kind of go around and you control to a certain extent the environment of the home. When you're out of sorts, the house gets out of sorts. When the house gets out of sorts, your children and your husband get out of sorts. And boy, that is the case. We have definitely experienced that in the last year of our lives. So we set the tone. Do I always love that? Not really. Does that put some extra responsibility on us? Yes. But remember that this is part of our calling and who God's called us to be in Christ Jesus. Okay, so that's one is just to um, remember to be self-controlled in how you schedule your time. And we've talked enough in the past about that. Just you guys know that Matt and I try to sit down every single week together and talk about the week and look at our schedules so that there's no surprises and we understand how it's going to work. And there are times when he has to change something or there are times when I have to change something. If I know that we've just got a lot going on, there are many weeks when I will decline a lot of other things because I need to be there to stabilize the house. And my, my two girls that are still home are 14 and 13, and I feel like I need to be there even more now. And I'm very blessed because they still want me around. So um, the second thing that um, I wrote about was to be self-controlled in your spending. One of the biggest issues in marriages that I hear over and over again is that financial strain, that, that stress that it puts on it. And it was funny because I was looking at this thing the other night um, online and it was like target clear- hashtag target clearance on um, Instagram, I think. And it was talking about all these great deals, because Target marked their stuff down 90% off after Christmas. Don't get up and leave now. It's all gone. Trust me. I checked. But one of the things that I saw that kind of saddened my heart was this girl 
was writing and going, ha, ha, ha. Like, I don't know these people, but she was like, yeah, I just, I only showed my husband two of the bags. There are nine more in the trunk. Ha, ha, ha. And it was just like culturally acceptable to just overspend and hide that from your husband. And so that's all I'm going to say about that. Stay on your budget. It takes a huge amount of pressure off your husband. Okay, so then number three is be self-controlled in your communication with your spouse. Um, and I think all that stems from our thought life. The, the verse that I have that I love and cling to all the time is 2 Corinthians 10.5. We, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and take capture every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So the way we communicate with our spouse is directly directly related to our thought life and how we communicate with Christ Jesus on a daily basis, how we devote, how we spend our time with him first. Um, and the other verse that is very convicting to me, but Luke 6.45 says, out of the abundance of our hearts, the mouth speaks. And so... Unfortunately, that kind of knocks out the argument that I was just kidding because right there in God's word, it, it just, and it's very easy when you're communicating with your spouse to pop off and to bring stuff up that's hurt you in the past. Um, and so this is another thing that is vitally important in your marriage is to, if, if you have discussed an issue, something from your past that's, that's been dealt with, it is your responsibility and it is your calling as a godly wife and mother to not keep bringing that stuff up. That's not healthy, it's not godly, and you wouldn't want that to happen to you as well. So just remember that. And that's the time when if you feel like God, you know, if there's things that you believe God needs to show your husband, let God show your husband. Let, let God do that. And I'm telling you, it's amazing what God can do when we take our hands off and we let him control the situation. And then lastly, being self-controlled in our communication with others about our spouse. Very, very important. Our words have the power to influence the way other people see our husbands. And there might be a time when you're really angry and you call someone and you just go off on your husband and then an hour later you feel better and you're over it and you love them and it's fine, and your friend's still back there going, nah, sure, dad. And, you know, they come over for the Super Bowl party and your friend's just like. <laughs> and this goes double, triply importantly in the book, do not talk to your parents about your spouse. Do not, unless you're in an abusive situation, something like that, do not talk to your parents about your spouse. It is not productive and not helpful. And also, as we talked about a few months ago, we all know that we have friends that tell us what we want to hear, and we have friends that tell us what we need to hear, and we need to go to the ones that tell us what we need to hear. So be wise who you choose to go to for godly counsel. And as a little addendum on that, we also, I don't know if you do this, but when I think about stuff or I start, if I continue talking about it, I can whip myself into a frenzy. Have you ever had that happen? <laughs> And you like just, you're escalating and you're whipping yourself up. And so by the time your husband gets home, you're like, 
you know. <laughs> and he's like, I, I just, I just walked in the door. I, something wrong? And you, that's because you spent like the last three hours on the phone with your college best friend telling about the incident that happened at Easter, you know, or something. So let me just close by saying this um, in regards to self-control. Sandy was joking around about the day that I was in uh, Michael's, or no, excuse me, Target, and this guy came literally sprinting around me, pushing the cart, and um, flew in front of me to get in the line that I wasn't getting into. And uh, I was like... Really showed me, buddy. So, of course, I did what any godly woman would do. I said, Merry Christmas! And um, then after Christmas, I was in um, Michael's, and I was doing important things like looking at the 80% off aisle. And I was standing there looking at something, and this lady kind of came around the corner, and my cart was sitting there, and she just shoved it out of the way and, like, stepped, like, right next to me. And I was like, but my current, I'm not going to say anything to you because I am bigger than that. I'm just going to feel self-righteous while I look through these things. I'll just pray for you because obviously you need it. Like I'm just doing, like that's all going in my head while this is happening. And so... A few minutes later, a couple of people from Michael's come around the corner, and they're talking to her, and she's looking at these Christmas wreaths, and the one guy says something like, well, I think that we can do that for you, ma'am. And um, she's like, oh, well, okay, that would be great. And then the other lady says, and again, I'm very sorry for your loss. People all around us are going through things that we just have no idea. And I'm so glad even though my attitude wasn't right, that somehow miraculously God managed to keep my mouth shut that day. And I just want to encourage you, self-control matters in every area of our life. And I want to encourage you this year more than running and dieting and all those things. Those are all important, but the most important thing is your relationship with Jesus Christ. And all the other parts of what we talk about in every one of these sessions are born out of relationship with Christ. So that's my encouragement to you today.